Welcome everyone to another YouTube live stream. My name is Aaron, your host, and I'm joined by Nate again, not Sam. So basically in our streaming service, you get to enter different broadcast studios. And I accidentally entered Sam's video in the midst of his Sam Dunks video. And I look, I'm like, oh, Sam's doing YouTube live with me today. And then I look at the screen and it's a Sam Dunks presentation. So I got to cut that out of the video for tomorrow. But Nate's here. I'm here. We're doing more sports card Q&As and we got a topic to start with. But first off, Nate, how's it going today? Uh, good. Been very busy, as you know. Um, I don't feel like much in the world of sports has happened besides the fact that Chris Bryant might get traded. Uh, the Mavericks and Pelicans game is uh, postponed because the Mavericks don't have eight healthy players because of COVID protocols. Um, NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs, the the Steelers are the biggest frauds in the history of the world. Dude, that was amazing. Amazing. Um, Go Baker. Anything else happen? Uh, my fantasy team is terrible. I forgot to start Bradley Beal when he scored 60 points the other week, and I lost because of it. We uh, we got the college football championship game tonight. Oh, college football championship game tonight. I saw uh, Ohio State was plus 8.5. So We'll see. We'll see. I mean – the Browns are plus 6.5, so maybe a state of Ohio pulling through this weekend? Yeah. Or this well, I, I don't know. You have Alabama, who everyone hates, and Ohio State, who most of uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan and Indiana and Illinois and Nebraska hate. So, so Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate them. I, uh, you know, I actually kind of like Justin Fields, but he's just super awesome. But I hope that Alabama wins just because I don't think I can see Ohio State celebrate a championship. You cheer for Nick Zaven. I'm not cheering for Ohio State. <laughs> All right. What's up, everyone? T206, Zach King. How's it going, Trevor? Sorry we were a little bit late, a little bit of a debacle with joining the stream. But let's get on with today's show. And we're starting with the topic of Prism-based rookie PSA 10s on the drop. And what does that mean for your investments? So we got a picture of Zion Williamson, silver and base right there. And to start it out, it was a question from 412 Trading. And was actually asking about Zion Williamson's market increasing or decreasing if we noticed anything. So I'm just going to take it a little bit one step further and talk about prison-based rookie PSA 10s. As we know, brief recap, prison-based rookies of really any player, any star back to the summer of 2019 you could get for like a dollar. Like I remember going on ComC and buying 30 Shea Gilgis Alexander rookie prison base for a dollar each, 30 Jaron Jackson Jr. for a dollar each. And now, of course, PSA 10s of those players are upwards of you know, 300 to or 150 to $300, depending on the player that I just said. But with that being said, we've, we're at a point now to where these are the most commonly traded, the highest volume, even really the highest value given the population, which means the amount they're in existence. So for this Zion Williamson Prism base rookie PSA 10, there's 14,644 in existence. And it sells, it was selling for around $1,000 on December 29th. Now on January 11th, they're down to $700. It's a 30% drop. And if you guys have watched Zion play this year, when he gets the ball, he has been dominating the other teams. Now, he doesn't always get the ball, which is a little bit of a problem, I guess, if you're a Pelicans fan or a Zion investor or a Zion fan. But with that being said, you look at his silver prism PSA 10, which is a way lower population, which also leads it to be more expensive card. It's only dropped 12% from an average of $6,200 to around $5,400, give or take, whatever that averages out to on the screen. And that's a PSA 10 population of 1,051. So the base, there's 14,644. 
The silvers, there's 1050 Now, I know it's more expensive. I know that not as many people can enter into that market for Zion, the Prism Silver PSA 10. But the point is, is that it's been more bulletproof when it comes to the drops in prices, which, in my opinion, is not even related to the performance necessarily. Now, I know we saw in the football market, prices went up drastically leading up to the season. Then they dropped just as fast. And we're getting a little bit of that here with basketball this season to start as well. Now, it's way more seen in the Prism-based PSA 10 market than it is in the Prism Silver PSA 10 market or other cards that are more scarce and still high demand. With that being said, we saw this last year in the basketball market. I'm sure we saw it the year before in the basketball market. It really happens quite a bit with sports. I'm sure it'll happen with baseball and after spring training and the opening day passes, players that don't you know, go get off to catastrophic starts, their cards are going to drop a bit. But as time moves on, and you progress through the season and players start to cement themselves as you know all-star starters or going to be on the all-star team or what, whatnot, those prices should see a little bit of an uptick again. But basically, prison-based PSA 10s are dropping because of the fact that they went up. I mean, that Zion card went from you know $600 up to $1,000. Now it's from $1,000 back down to $700. I, I think the point that we're at in the market is that there's not enough people in the market yet or enough people coming into the market as we speak right now to hold up those prices is really what it comes down to. It's not necessarily me saying that prison-based PSA 10s are, are done, they're dropping, they're not an investment card anymore, has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with the cyclical nature that we saw when the bubble was winding down. Not as many people were interested in basketball after that started winding down. More people exited. When they exit, the cards that are the highest population, the most volume, the highest liquidity – those are the ones that start to go down the quickest because there's so many out there. You know, Zion Silver rookie PSA 10s in the last three months, maybe 25 auctions of those in the last three months for prison base. I mean, there's hundreds, maybe even thousands, I think, which is crazy. And the same thing can be seen with Luca. So his PSA 10 base rookie P, uh, PSA 10 was an average, you know, around 1900 or so dollars at, in December 20, December 20th, 2020. That's down 12%. So not as drastic as Zion's. But still down 12% today. That's a population of 15,331 for PSA 10s. And the silvers are down only 5%, uh, 8,900 versus 8,500 on January 10th, between the 7th and 10th. Uh, those sell pretty infrequently too, so it's hard to get two sales on the same day. But a PSA 10 population of 1,950 on that Lucas Silver PSA 10. So we can kind of see where the market's trending. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with one, this guy. LeBron James, his tops Chrome based rookie PSA 10, which you cannot equate to a Prism based rookie PSA 10 of Luca. There's only 2,063 tops Chrome LeBron PSA 10s in the market, and I would venture to guess that every one PSA 10 that gets graded from here on out, there's I don't know a hundred or so, maybe 70, maybe 50 that get below a 10. So there's not going to be that many that are going to get graded a 10 compared to the amount that are going to get graded from here on out. That just hit an all-time high of forty-five. Uh, sorry, twenty thousand dollars all-time high yesterday. It's up forty-five percent from when they won the championship game, and it's up over a hundred percent from the drop that happened after they won the championship game. So this is very similar to what we saw Patrick Mahomes in the two thousand seventeen Super Bowl. LeBron rebounding even higher going into the next season. I feel bad for the people that sold because they thought that the basketball market was dropping or whatever after the bubble. People who are new aren't experienced who were able to see in the past that basketball rebounds as the new season comes. With all that being said, I'll let Nate give his thoughts on this. I think that this is just pointing towards the high-end 
low population cards just surviving more peaks and valleys than the prison based Ricky PSA 10s. That's not to say that Zions won't be worth $1,500 one day or $2,000 or maybe they go down to $500. Whatever it is, it just all has to do with what, what's more sustainable in the short term, what's more sustainable in the long term. And then there's a mix in between, which really is those P- prison based Ricky PSA 10s. And the more sales that we get on high end auction places like Golden Auctions, Heritage Auctions, and fractional share investing where they do you know sell these high-end cards it's just going to further strengthen those low population cards that are still out on the market i mean there's only 2000 tops chrome lebrons out there that's not that many compared to any other player so i think that's where the market's trending nate what are your thoughts um i was just trying to equate you know baseball and basketball and everything in my head real quick cuz i hadn't seen any of this before we started this live stream um so a couple thoughts one do you think it's a coincidence that baseball base rookies have been shooting up record highs along around the same time that basketball base rookies are dropping. I think so. I think so because that's exactly what we saw when the bubble ended. Basketball think, down, football you, up. You think it's a coincidence or not? No, I don't. And I, okay, I yeah. think me neither. Yeah. Um, because I think maybe you have a lot of people that aren't really you know, they're not like I'm a baseball card investor, right? If I was to invest in anything, it would be baseball cards. I don't really have a I'll enjoy basketball, but I don't jump into it very often. I would never jump into football. Uh wouldn't jump into hockey, wouldn't jump into soccer, wouldn't jump into Pokemon. Um and so I'm sure you probably have people that aren't like me, you know, and are more like you will dabble in everything they can get their hands on. And so they don't really have any loyalty towards uh, basketball. So if they are getting all-time high prices, they're going to jump to the next thing, which is baseball. And then once baseball spring training comes around, they're going to sell and jump to the next thing, which will be football. And so you'll watch football prices drop off uh, or baseball prices drop off at the beginning of spring training. Um, at least that's what I see as happening. Uh, maybe maybe it's not the case. Um, but I guess my question is, are we going to hit a point where everyone is so hyper aware of the fact that prices are supposed to drop off in the off season that really the best time to buy will be in the middle of the season when other, when people are spending their money on other sports, because it's the quote unquote best time to buy. Now there's, that's a good question. And I think it just comes down to like, and I I can't say this for sure, but like how do people perceive the end of the seasons when they come? Because I would even argue that at the end of the bubble, People should have known that's what happens, that bet off season is the best time to buy. Like, if someone's investing in cards in the end of 2020, I'd venture to guess that there's enough people out there that know that investing in the off season is the best time to buy. And maybe they don't, because I was surprised to see not necessarily the big drop. I wasn't necessarily surprised about that because that happens. I was more surprised to see how long it took for those cards to go back up. It took a good month and a half. For them to start to really go back up in value. And I know I talked about super at length between live streams on Instagram, YouTube live streams, YouTube videos. Like once you see Zion and Luca going up in value, you better go and start to look at Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tame, all those other guys. And it happened again. And will it happen again that after this basketball season, the same exact thing is going to happen? But I do agree with you. And this is probably the same as that case with football this offseason, or at least we'll see. This will be our first look, I think, at if what Nate just said, if that's true, is what's the value of Kyler Murray PSA 10s towards the end of the season, end of the regular season, versus 
or middle of the season even, versus what are they worth going into next season or even a month out of the season? Because right now, what? We're two months out of the baseball season, and those are all-time highs. Well, one month, one month out – uh, one month out from pitchers and catchers, about one month and four days. And fun fact, not apropos to this at all, but 88% of free agents in baseball remain unsigned. One month out from pitching and catching. Anyways, keep going. All right. What I'm trying to say is I think that football market, not overall, but just a few of the, a few of the guys, Kyler Murray, I can't really say Patrick Mahomes because the Super Bowl could really play into that, but you know, Kyler and Josh Allen, if he gets eliminated, some of those young QBs, like looking at what they're selling for now or middle of the season versus what they're selling for in May versus what they're selling for in August, that will definitely give us a good look at what we can expect other sports to do, I think, because those are the guys that you could sit there and watch that market. Kyler go from 1,000. Now he's at 375, I think, or 390 for base PSA 10 prisms of Kyler Murray, around 50% gem rate. So it's, it is kind of tough to grade those cards. Um, it's down to like 380. I mean, I sitting here today with the national coming, Nate, is that card going to be cheaper than $700? Probably not. It's probably going to be 700 plus at the national. I'd expect. And I, I do feel like that it is starting to get to the point to where like, where you see a 30% drop off happen. That's when you buy in. Like yeah. you just got to watch how the market changes from its peak to its drop. Cause it's going to go even higher than that peak. The next time it comes around. That's cyclical pattern. I mean, what you're looking, looking at happen? look at look at baseball. Fernando Tatis, P, uh, top series two PSA ten peaked at two seventy five. Yeah, it, it has already at least gone up to two eighty five. Yeah, this offseason. ten dollars more than the peak from when he was playing and dominating in the first half of the sixty game season. And, and wait, what happened when he stopped dominating? That card went down to what, like one hundred ninety mid season. Yeah. Or at the season when he stopped dominating. When I say dominate, I mean like I'm, you know. I mean, at one point, at one point, this and I like end of October is probably one sixty. Yeah. So I mean, right there, once you see that start to level off after the craze, you see it level off. That's when you jump in. Yeah. Like basketball immediately, or at least obviously, like top Chrome LeBron, all time high. Maybe not the best time, but Jamal Murray or some of those other guys, they peak. They drop 30%, you're back in. Maybe they have a run during the middle of the season like Jamal did in the bubble. They go back up, or you wait for the next time that basketball comes around. Or you look at those top quarterbacks. I'm not really advocating as much for the quarterbacks because it is more ris- risky. Kyler gets hurt in the offseason, and that's immediately $250 then or whatever. Yep. But I think it's a huge point for all of you to consider out there that are watching or listening back later is no – what you have, know how much it dropped. Should you sell it if you profit? Should you hold it longer? Are you even concerned about a one-year time frame on a card? Are you a three-month, six-month investor? You always got to be thinking about what you're doing. Always have a thought. Always have a plan. And then you can never really have regrets because you're going to stick to that plan. And you can just better yourself in the future versus not having a plan. If you're scrambling and you make a bad decision, then that's like, hey, you should have thought about it more. you know. But if you really plan it out. And no, these grass are uh, from slab stocks made by slab stocks. All right, let's get on with some of these questions after really quick. We had a sweet NBA showcase Friday on YouTube Live. I opened some 2016 Optic Basketball, and this was actually a pretty ridiculous box. Two LeBrons, a Giannis Hollow, DeJounte Murray, orange, number 199, which kind of looks like a gold out of 10. That would have been insane. But uh, Jalen Brown, base rookie, which PSA 10 is like $250. Of course, 
can't always expect a base a PSA 10, but the centering was good on these, and that was the toughest thing with the set most of the time. Ben Simmons, plus there's an Anthony Davis blue number out 49. Super fun day. But just to show you guys what we're doing this week on Friday, I'm opening 1998 Topps Chrome Basketball, throwing it back to the year I was born, 1998. That box is as old as I am. And it's got Dirk Nowitzki, Vince Carter, Paul Pierce rookies, Jason Williams rookies, Antoine Jameson as well, but along with Kobe Bryant 30-year card, which are very, very Amazing. expensive. And then also 2020 Immaculate Soccer. And that 2020 Immaculate Soccer is actually the only box or break that we have remaining this week. I think that there's three spots left as of right now on slabsocks.com slash shop. Uh, that's the new high-end soccer set that released with Erling Holland, Ansu Fati, Mason Greenwood, Giovanni Reyna, and also super legends in there like David Beckham Autos, Diego Maradona, Maradona, and uh, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo as well. So that'll be a fun week this week. Nate will be with us Thursday again for football. Last Thursday was nuts. Nate had a fun time. I had a fun time. So Thursday will be a blast again. And then the Discord. Link in the description. Join the Discord. Lots of market discussion, just like this right now. But every day of the week, as well as break links getting posted there and different updates that we have to give. And also, now there is going to be a verified seller channel on Discord where you can sell your cards at a discounted fee rate compared to other places out there and connect right with our audience and also get vetted. The sellers get vetted by us, too. So that'll be fun. Hey, there's a break going on tomorrow. Yes, there is a big break going on tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday night at Sorry, Tuesday during the day at 3 p.m. Eastern time, we are doing Optic Choice Basketball and Hoops Premium for basketball breaks and Wednesday soccer day. Thursday is football day. Friday is NBA Showcase. Next week, we'll have baseball. Nate will be back doing some awesome baseball. will be listed on Wednesday of this week. Okay, moving on. What are your thoughts on the market for second-year Prism cards? So on the screen here is Giannis Prism Base PSA 10 from 2014. Clearly, the sales are a little... Or across the board here within the last four days, two hundred ten to two hundred ninety five dollars. Uh, pretty crazy swings there for a second year uh, prison base. But in general, the market's hot. These cards sell well. The market's not hot. They don't sell well. I think that's just like kind of the rule of thumb when it comes to non rookie cards. And also, I would go as far as to say is that if you're not buying rookie cards for football, you might be doing it wrong if you're into it as an investment. I'm not talking about collecting or trying to find budget buys or whatever, but like I was just looking. 2005 Aaron Rodgers PSA 10, that card went from like $400 to $1,000 to 1100 in the span of October to now. If you were to buy a 2016 Optic Hollow Aaron Rodgers in October, it w- was $20, and now it's all still $20. And I know that because I got my roommate a birthday gift of that exact card. Now, I didn't buy it from him for an investment. He's a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. But my point is, is that if you do that with basketball and you see a rookie card go from like $400 to $1,000, and it's like a premium set, like 2016 Optic, but let's say it was like Devin Booker or something. I know it's Devin Booker's second year, so it's a little bit different. But that card's for sure going up at least 30%. It's not probably not doubling, but it's for sure going up like 30%. With football, you're just not going to get those second-year gains. So I would say stick to rookie cards in football. And I know that that 2016 Optic Hollow Rogers isn't the second year. I'm not dumb. But uh, it's kind of applies to a lot of the other premium sets in the market too. Like even Steph Curry, 2012 Prism, fourth-year card. But it's like $750, the same as a Bradley Beal rookie PSA 10, which I thought was an interesting discussion we had on Instagram. Nate, any thoughts on second-year cards? Um. I say invest all of your money in Patrick Mahomes' second-year cards, uh, whether it's PSA 9 or PSA 10. Um, 
no no reason no reason there i might have found one underneath my bed when i was moving and sent it in to get graded and don't know what it's going to get but uh just put all your money into that i De say. definitely more so, more so even than his rookie uh base silver uh right and, and if, if you if you stumble upon a contender's autograph and you have like fifteen thousand dollars to burn spend all fifteen thousand dollars in the 2018 prism psa nines and tens right nate correct Correct. All right. Clear, clearly a joke for those out there who, who didn't catch on to that. But uh gonna be gonna be uh screen recorded and put up somewhere that hates us. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay, either way, um I would say that if you're talking about football, Mahomes might live in a special case here. It's like maybe one or two guys from football. Maybe it's Rogers even for 2006 Tops Chrome. Actually, it is him for 2006 Tops Chrome. Those did sell quite well and uh, gain a lot of value, but uh, very few special guys, I think, for second year in football. Anything we want to highlight here in the chat quick before moving on? Um, how do you recover from a huge like mistake? This. Yeah. How do you recover from a huge mistake of selling too early or selling in the offseason? I.e. five-card Josh Allen rookie lot in April for $40, which is now 30 times it's in recent comps. This is how you recover. Don't think about it. Just Here's don't think about it. Everyone has those moves. Everyone has that move where they sold too early, and then you check prices, and you're like, why did I do that? I will agree with you and with Brent G in the chat. Yes, move on, but take a note. Understand what you know what it was that you sold and when did you sell it and don't do that same thing twice again. That's really the, the lesson there is don't do it again. Oh, yeah. All us, myself, Nate, every single person in this chat, every single person on Instagram with over 10,000 followers, anyone out there has made a mistake doing this. No one is, is mistake-proof at all or ever done this for 12 years now and i've made a million mistakes so just know that keep moving on find the next one there's always something else that's another number one rule in sports cards there's always something else always a profit is still a profit if you ask me uh my uh shout out to mike brown quickly for the super yes. chat five dollars to uh camp kesem you guys see the top scroll sapphire soccer prices pushing 750 at auction 750 i looked yesterday and they were 625 Aaron, don't you have eight boxes of Top Scrum Sapphire chilling behind Oh, yeah. You? More for breaks, too. We're going to be breaking those boxes over the coming the following weeks. We already did 10 boxes of that stuff. Super fun. Oh, my gosh. The hits were, are insane. Now, it kind of makes sense, especially as PSA 10s start to hit the market of Holland and Fati. PSA 10s are $1,200 to $1,600 for each of those guys. Of course, boxes are going to be $750 plus. Um, quick, quick uh, thing for me on a mistake I made is... National, a couple years ago, I sold a Juan Soto Bowman Chrome Auto that I was going to send to PSA, never PSA'd it, sold it for $300, had a pretty good shot at PSA 10-ing. PSA 10 Juan Soto is $6,000 nowadays. I sold the card for $300. Nate, did you quit collecting? Did you quit investing? Did you quit slab stocks because of it? Uh, nope. Well, we technically did quit investing. That is, but, okay. But, I should rephrase that. Did you quit like quit liking sports cards because of it? But I did not quit liking sports cards. I still have sports cards. I still have things I love. So, uh, you know, you just you just look at it. You say to yourself, "Man, I wish I had six thousand more dollars." You realize you don't, and you just move on because you can't change it and learn from it. Hey, Goonie, thank you. Five dollars super chat. Always to Camp Kesem for the kids. We're trying to get as many kids to camp as possible to help them detach from the. You know, horror at home of a parent having cancer, which is very scary. Um, tangent. Oh, wow. I cannot say that word. Tangent. Whatever. 
Yeah, card related. What are we thinking about Vladdy raising his launching and having the breakout year we've been waiting for? I want I want to believe so bad. I want to believe so bad because Oh boy. Once a live stream, Nate's gotta go into the onto the shelf. What a chump. He doesn't even have it ready. I want to believe so bad because I have this Topps Chrome Sapphire BGS 10 I pulled myself, kept in great condition, didn't drop it on a corner, didn't think a corner like Aaron likes to accuse me of, uh, and got a BGS 10, pulled it myself, got it, love it. So I want to believe in Vlad Guerrero Jr. I really, really do. The problem is he did not have a great uh, winner baseball, um, did not do, it was very up and down, and Really betting on a guy to change his launch angle. What else are you going to lose? You know, are you going to lose some contact? Is he going to strike out more? Um, is he going to start chasing pitches or, you know, start missing pitches because he is focused on that? Uh, and is it going to pay off? And so, you know, it's one thing to be like, yes, we need him to change his launch angle because he can't keep grounding out. He grounds out like 56% of the time. But, uh, you know, it's just it's easier said than done, I think, in a lot of cases. And even guys who kind of do it, Eric Hosmer kind of did it last year. He started changing his launch angle and then reverted right back second half of the season. Um, so I want to believe he can do it, and I want to believe in Vlad Guerrero. And he did he he has been really good. 105 WRC plus his first year, 115 WRC plus his second year. That's nothing to see, sneeze at. That's a very solid hitter. Uh, it's just not, you know, what you're expecting out of the number one prospect in baseball. So while I really want to believe in him, I'm I I wouldn't be willing to bet on him by buying more Vlad Guerrero Jr. cards at this point. How do you avoid lost packages when sending to PSA? So I would 100% recommend if anyone is sending in a submission right now, you're most likely sending in a submission because you have either a lot of cards you want to grade or a high dollar card you want to grade. I don't think many people are sending in like one for uh, Eloy, Eloy Jimenez, Topps Chrome, Rookie, PSA 10. At How dare you? That's like a $70 card. I don't think – you really think that someone's going to go and pay like 20, 15 bucks for shipping and then all the insurance and stuff on it? Okay, well, here's my point. You're most likely sending a lot of cards or a high-dollar card. Take the time and take the money to send it by UPS or FedEx right now. Do not send it by USPS. That would be a very – just not a good idea right now. USPS is kind of a mess. They still are. It's taking a while to get packages out. As I've experienced with the breaking, especially processed at least like 600, 700 orders in the last three weeks, maybe more like 500. But either way, UPS, FedEx, send it to the correct address because they give you a different one if you're sending USPS versus UPS and FedEx. And that's the best way to do it. I would not send it by UPS or USPS, my bad. Thoughts on flipping base cards for RPA with few comps. I like that. I like that a lot. Make sure that you're buying RPAs from brands that matter because now this is not necessarily a shot at Nate. And I do like the product too. But if you take a bunch of base PSA 10s and turn it into a Phoenix RPA, you might not gain a great ROI over the next six months. I love Phoenix. Okay. I get it. I get it. So do I. It's a cool brand. But you should take that money and put it into Immaculate National Treasures, impeccable. Noir for basketball. That's where I would focus. That's where I'd focus because I think that's where, you know, I don't think the RPAs have gotten the respect that they deserve. 
I don't think they've gotten the demand that they deserve. They're, the, the reason is really is because you do say few comps, and that's true. It's hard for people to decide how much to pay on it, so they just kind of don't pay on it. I think that's really what it comes down to. People don't know who are new how much uh, NT Shea Gilgis RPA is worth. They might know how much it was worth eight months ago, but they don't know how much to pay now. So they're just going to go take the money and put in a Prism Silver PSA 10 that they've seen more comps on. Um, that's pretty much what it comes down to, but I would recommend going through that process if you are looking to transition into more longer-term investments. If you're talking about keep on flipping, keep on grading, keep on selling, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that there's enough ROI in the meantime in the short term on those types of cards. Thank you, everyone, for the super chats, by the way. I do appreciate that. Like I said, all money is getting donated every week. Every week on Friday, I make the donation. Thoughts? 1985 Nike Jordan with Fleer going nuts. I will preface this with saying I have a 1985 Nike Jordan PSA 9. I bought it a year ago now, actually, which at the time I just I bought the card because I love Nike. I love Jordan, specifically the Jordan brand. And then also, I mean, Jordan, the basketball player. But I bought it and I just want to collect it. I had no idea if this was a good card because I knew it wasn't a card. It was a promo. It was and I thought it was cool. I mean, I think it's cool that an advertisement was like a card, but just jumbo and is graded by PSA. So I grabbed a PSA 9. For $290, I think. Those went up to a height of $3,000 for a PSA 9. I love the card. It is one of my favorite cards in my collection. I will not sell it. But what I will say is that it's up to you if you want to buy it instead of like a Fleer. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's a better investment or worse. I just love the card because of all the reasons I said. I'm obsessed with business and advertisements and, of course, Jordan and Nike too, which made me really want the card. All right, we ready to move on, Nate? Yeah, let's get we we finally got to our second question. Yeah, being new to the hobby, I try to listen to as many podcasts, videos, etc. that I can. Great point. Don't just listen to slab stocks. Find everyone else's views that you can. Uh, DM people. Um, if you're trying to learn the hobby, it's the best way you can learn. I hear some saying that with football playoffs starting and the NBA season in full swing, baseball is the furthest from people's minds, and therefore it is a good time to buy. Is the offseason truly the best time to buy, or does the lower demand come with lower supply, and therefore price doesn't really drop? Uh, This is a very good point. Lately, um, because I do the baseball links every day, it's been very hard, minus random days where there's like a bunch of Juan Soto's or some days where they're Fernando Tatis's, it's been really hard to find parallels of cards, like, good parallels occasionally there's like a foil or a gold out of 2019 and 2018 from tops flagship but otherwise it's been pretty bad um and i think that's just a, a recent a recent uh you know development because people are more you know concerned about getting top dollar and not selling in the off season if you were to invest in baseball right now are you seeing any player that have any players that have seen a drop in price because of subpar 2020 and are due for a bounce back season, both in stats and card value, Pete Alonzo comes to mind. So I didn't choose Pete Alonzo because he's similar in the same price. Um, so Pete Alonzo is a guy you could probably buy right now and still make money on. Um, but a lot of guys that had poor seasons and Christian Yelich comes to mind here. Uh, Cody Bellinger comes to mind. Chris Bryant, guys like that. Javi Baez. Uh, you can see there January 9th, $185 for the PSA 10. On November 6th, two months ago, before that, uh, $140 shipped for PSA 10. So if you are asking this question right now, Kevin, and I know you are in the chat, um, already probably a little bit too late on some of the guys. Um, But there is definitely other guys that are still good values. And Pete Alonso is one of them. I mean, he was $40 and now he's like $50. 
and I still think there's room to go up to like 70. Um, but uh, otherwise, yeah. What's going yeah. on? Sam distracted me. Yes, uh, I'm the hacker. Sam, it was me. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Um, that's okay, that's just more time for me to edit and you to reshoot that part. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Dwayne also says, you know, Gliber Torres, Bellinger. I don't love Gliber. I never have. Everyone who's watched Ding and Corners knows I don't love Gliber. Um, to this extent that people were really grumpy with me for not loving Gliber a couple of years ago. <laughs> Nate, like it was like every couple of days someone would post on Instagram, why do you like Gliber Torres? Yeah, I mean, people were people were angry that I did not like Gliber Torres. But the thing is, he had a bounce. His his breakout season was like an 837 OPS. The only reason Gliber and he had a bunch of home runs. The only reason he's hitting a bunch of home runs is because he's in New York. You move him to a bigger park, his home run total goes down, and nobody with an 837 OPS in a different for a different team would be all that exciting. It's only because it's the Yankees and he's in. Uh, Yankee Stadium, which is easy to hit home runs. All of a sudden, Gliber's like, oh, amazing. I don't love Gliber. <laughs> D Nation, thank you. Yeah, 150 people in here, only 21 likes. Please hit that like button if you have not already. It helps us out a lot. Distribute the channel to more people, get more people involved in sports cards, and just have a great time in here with everyone. It's a blast every every uh, week coming here. Uh, big from Cardboard King. I know I'm not jumping on players. I have a few good games the way I was back in August. I definitely learned my lesson. Huge. We talked about earlier, you know, selling too early, learning your lesson. Also, buying on hype and then learn your lesson. And you will notice that you buy a bull bull for because of hype. And all of a sudden you're losing 50% value in two weeks. Uh, it happens all the time to people. And so you just have to you just have to learn learn the lesson like Cardboard King did and move on and not do yeah. it again. I was just talking in DMs with someone. Um, yeah, I put that up there for a reason. Oh, my uh, he, I don't know if you saw this, but he actually asked, do you think people are, who recently got into the hobby are getting a little smarter and we're not seeing these like crazy explosions to start the season like we were with uh, you know the NBA bubble? And I would 100% say that is a true statement. 100% would say people who fell for that in the past probably won't fall for it again. They're probably you know minus 35% on some of these guys that they started to buy, maybe even more um, during the bubble because they shot up so fast in, in, in price because of performance. I think it was good that that happened. I also think that it was good that it dropped and that people learned the lesson because of the fact that now everyone's getting smarter. And for you to have a sustainable market, it just needs to be smarter. It needs to have more stability. I mean, the trust me, the, the fluctuation, the volatility is awesome about the market. It's great that you can go and sell for a high you, you know, and everything and make huge ROI, but you know, if that happens to too many people, people are going to drop out like flies. So we need to make sure there is some stability to the market. I actually think it's pretty good to see that happen right now that people are learning their lessons, sticking in it more and finding ways to, you know, invest differently too, which is why I think that so many other sports are going up in value right now. Like literally any sport you pick, there's cards that are going up in value right now, which is something I think that has been you know, desired for a little bit now, like baseball that, you know, there's that craze, right? Like last, you know, February before baseball started, but mm -hmm. you know, some of that was a little, you know, wishy-washy, but yeah, but, but, but in terms of like the, like this feels real, this feels real right now is what I'm trying to say. The baseball one. Yeah. It, See, it, it, it's starting to feel more real to me. I'm not saying that every single sale that happens is real. I'm saying the overall, 
I talk to people, I see comments on our Instagram posts. Like a lot of people are like, I'm buying baseball right now. I'm going to baseball. Like there's just a lot of that that I haven't seen in the past. And that's why I get that feeling that like for the most part, it's real. Okay. Fair point. Yeah. You can pretty reliably judge corners, edges, and centering off of raw cards in eBay, but surface issues can't really be detected with static images. If the listing includes a short video with the card tilted back and forth in the light. That would be very useful in seeing surface ideas or surface issues. Can listings include videos or is that not possible? I don't think it's possible, uh, but it is a pretty good idea. <laughs> That's why I put it in because I was like, wait a second. It's a pretty good idea. That's a good idea. Make it like a five-second five second maximum video. Yeah. They can just put it on repeat. Nate, this is right. sure. This is not me. <laughs> which rookie should we look forward to in 2021 tops? And which first Bowman should we look forward to in 2021 Bowman? Also, how does this year's class of each compare to 2020? That doesn't there doesn't seem to be headliners like Luis Robert and Jason Dominguez this year. Uh for the we'll start with the first Bowman. I don't know. No minor league season, no nothing. Uh I have Literally no clue. Sometimes you can kind of take a guess by guys that kind of blew up a little bit at the end of the season. Um, but I don't know which way they're going to go. So I have nothing for that. Uh, but uh, for 2021 tops, I put a, together a list of guys that were called up, played a decent amount of time, not like your Alex Kirilovs that played one postseason game. Um, and you have this list right here. Joe Adele, Joey Bart, Dylan Carlson, Christian Pache, Nick Madrigal, Cabrian Hayes, Brent Rooker. Evan White, Luis Garcia, Monte Harrison, Nate Pearson, Casey Mize, Sixto Sanchez, Spencer Howard. Obviously, the last four are pitchers. Now, that is obviously not as deep of a – or that's not as, like, high-end of a class as last year's flagship of uh, Robert and Alvarez and Lux and Bichette. And uh, now you can add Lewis um, and uh, – Rosarina. A Rosarina, thank you. How'd you know? Uh, to that list, but you couldn't add Lewis and a Rosarina at the time. Now here you've got Joe Adele and Joey Bart and somewhat Cabrian Hayes because he's already blown up. So that's three top strong guys. Now you just need one of Dylan Carlson, uh, Pache, if that's how you say his last name, somebody's probably going to correct me, uh, Madrigal, Rooker, White, Garcia, Harrison uh, to blow up and you are going to be sitting pretty. So I'm really excited about Tops 2021. I think the depth the depth is much better than 2020 Tops and 2019 Tops, um, but it's just not uh, like the the high end impact talent isn't the same. I have a question. Yes, sir. So 2020 Top Series one, obviously great set. Yes. 2020 Top Series two, Robert and Matt. trash that outside of Robert. Yes. 2020 Tops update trash. trash. Honestly, that- 2021 Series 1 already has more uh, quantity potential from this one set than all of 2020 did in all three sets. I guess my point is is that's a good point, but is there also going to be like a pent-up demand type of thing with this, especially if there's still that whole baseball thing going on rolling into the season? Because I think that this is a February releasing product. I think it's before opening day, which means that this is really going to be like a Holy cow, series two. I didn't want to open that update. I didn't want to open that. Now everyone wants baseball and it's a better set. I agree. I think there's going to be gigantic demand. Obviously, you don't have, again, I can't stress this enough. You don't have the star upside unless Joe Adele or Joy Bart really explodes and Joy Bart's the catcher. So, you know, that's risky. Uh, you don't have the star upside of 2019 series two or 2020 series one. 
You mean, yeah, okay, yes, yes. But you do have way more depth than any of those years. I mean, Evan White is the eighth guy. Well, Brent Rooker should be like lower, but you get the point. Luis Garcia, ninth on the list. Monte Harrison, 10th on this list. Monte Harrison has all the tools in the world to blow up like a Kyle Lewis, right? Hey, Alec um, Baum. What about Alec Baum? Oh, Did Alec Baum. I could have put Alec Baum in here. I completely forgot about you, Alec Baum. You just, it's not, oh, I could have. It's like, yeah, he literally could, he should be on this list, you know, type of he thing. Like, where he will be. be in 2021 Series 1. It, see, that's how crazy this is. This list is so long that I didn't even get one of the top rookies from last year, Alec Baum, in the list because I just brain farted when thinking of guys. Well, also because he already played a lot, too, probably. Well, well these guys played a lot. Yeah, didn't hasn't Alec Baum played longer than Joe Adelo? I'm assuming. I mean, no, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't answer that. Look at um, me. Can I, can they, all played, they all played decent amount of amounts of time last year. Okay, that's fair enough. Kind of funny that they they probably just packed the bags and like, hey, baseball doesn't matter that much this year. Short season. Let's not release these guys this year, type of thing. You know. And and a reminder, a reminder, Scotto, how is Baum not one or two? This was off the top of my head. That's how that's how bomb didn't make the list. I'm sorry <laughs> to Phillies fans. It's not a slight. It was just guys I was thinking of, and Alec Baum was not one that crossed my mind. <laughs> Scott O is not happy. <laughs> how will COVID impact card products of 2021? Will be will there be less autos or more redemptions? Will we see a weaker first Bowman class since there's no minor league season for new prospects to emerge in? So I'll take the first question really quick. Will there be less autos and more redemptions? Well, it says or, but and um, I'm going to say is that I think, yes, if you look at 2019 Hoops Premium, which released, you know, in the last month and month to month and a half, that product has got quite a bit of redemptions in it, actually. Um, I actually saw Patrick Ryan posting the stories, keeping a running to- tally. It was like a lot of guys, Bobo, Kendrick Nunn, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, um, like a lot of guys, I should say, just a lot. And it probably is that they can't get these redemptions turned as fast for whatever reasons. You know, they can't get in person and verify it, whatever it is, um, get the autographs signed. And I'm sure it will have an effect further than just Hoops Premium. So we'll see. We'll have to see what that does. And uh, Nate, any thoughts on weaker first Bowman class because there's no minor league season? I guess just maybe not as many players as you'd, ex- you know, to be excited about. I think it ends up probably being, you know, how Bowman baseball has been really good the last couple of years. Yeah. With a lot of big name guys to be excited about. I think it probably ends up being more like a Bowman Chrome release where there's a couple international guys that are like, okay, yeah, you know, I can dream on them, but they haven't left rookie ball yet. And uh, not much else than that. So it's probably going to be one of those. Uh, <laughs> Gosh, Sam is just going at Nate. <laughs> uh, it's going to be one of those things where. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are like, oh, Bowman baseball, I got to buy. And then it's going to be a big disappointment, which is really unfortunate because Bowman is baseball is the only one that has retail. That is true. And we're not going to be able to, you know, the, it, it, a trash product to get retail of. Yeah. That's just like how 2020 updates sound shelves and everything. Yep. How do you rank the following sport card markets over the next five to 10 years, considering multiple factors like overall health, demand, growth, potential superstars to drive the market, et cetera? I will give my list and Nate, you give yours. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go basketball first. I'm going to go baseball and soccer tied for second. I'm going to go football at three and hockey at four. All right. So I guess five, but you get what I'm saying. Yep. 
All right. I am going to go basketball first, too. I don't think that's ever getting uh, supplanted. Soccer number two. I know I'm a baseball guy, but I'm going soccer number two just because of how uh, baseball teams have kind of treated their teams this year and not been spending money, and that can alienate people to the point of causing them to not really want to be fans anymore. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's an issue. So I'm going soccer number two. I think Europe is getting bigger, you know, into the cards and stuff. So Europe's getting bigger. Yeah, they're the landmass is growing. Uh, and so I think that will probably positively affect soccer more so than it would affect baseball because we already have like Japan and stuff is already into in Taiwan and all those places that are into baseball are already into baseball cards. So there's no real boost there. But I think there's going to be a huge boost for soccer, especially amongst Americans that will probably kind of get into it a little bit. Not me. I don't like soccer. <laughs> trash sport. Um, and then baseball and then uh, football and then hockey. Yeah, I didn't want to sound biased, so I put baseball tied with soccer. But if I'm being for real, I mean, soccer has got higher potential than baseball, but I think that, you know, it might not pan out completely. Um, JR Sports Card Chronicles this is something I kind of want to talk about because there's been a lot going on in the soccer card market. I think a lot of people who maybe watched the peak collapse aren't necessarily tuned into just because they don't, they wrote it off. So, yeah, you know, soccer exploded in August and the populations on these cards were so low, too low for how many people started to buy. And that's where you see PSA 10s just go up way too fast, more get graded. People understand that they're not as rare as 300 PSA 10s out there. They just haven't been graded yet. So then the card drops like crazy and it did. And so did Messi and so did Ronaldo and so did Mbappe. But high end soccer cards, scarce soccer soccer cards, and cheap soccer cards all have been doing extremely well over the last month and a half that I've been watching. Graded values are still selling very well if you buy cards non-graded and grade them, still selling very well. And even those high population Prism cards have started to tick up. Mbappe went from $600 to $930 in the past month, month and a half. We have Messi going from $350 to $700. I think 750 in the last month. Same probably is happening with Ronaldo and Neymar to a lesser extent. But I mean, soccer card market, it needed that to happen. It needed it to go down. It needed people who actually cared about soccer and like soccer to see that to happen. Once they saw that happen and you see prices drop like, you know, 50 to 70%, you're like, holy cow, I'm buying back in. There's potential here. I'm buying in. I'm getting involved. This is the time. And that has set up the soccer market better long-term than it could have if the prices stayed up high. It would have pushed people out. It would not have let people buy cards. It would not have let people learn about cards because they just saw it was way too expensive. And the cards that people were wanting and were talking about all the time are at all-time highs. So my point is, is that that needed to happen. It dropped. People have bought back in. All those cards are up from the, from the dip. And a lot of cards in general that never even hit those crazy peaks are worth way more than they were in August. And also people have been grading soccer cards have been doing really well. I think that soccer has got the second most potential of any cards to in the next three, two years. And I've said it on every single Slab Sucks FC show. We just brought in someone around the YouTube show weekly who loves soccer, who breathes soccer, who is like Nate with baseball, Sam with soccer. Sorry, Sam with basketball. <laughs> Sam with soccer, that's right. Sam with <laughs> basketball. And 
we also got someone on the Instagram account because I do value that space and how much they, people who like soccer are going to get into it and how much I want soccer fans to connect with people. So Tom, sports car Tom is in. Zach, Premier League Investing is in on the Instagram side of it all. It's going to get insane with the World Cup, with the Euro, with the Champions League. And I think in, you know by 2026, it's for sure going to be the second most collected cards out there and europe is expanding for faster than i thought too and panini is actually pledging product to uk tops is doing the same it's going to happen across europe as well it's going to matter a lot and i think a lot of people who just like to go and look at psa 10 neymar ronaldo messi from august and compare it to now or even like two months from now are just doing it just because they don't they don't like soccer and they didn't think it would do well and they wanted to you know make fun of people who were into soccer cards but i think that those people are going to get the last laugh the people who actually stick to it enjoy soccer want to invest and want to collect with others all right moving on that was hey, my yeah, quick, quick uh just because i see it hoops and homers all in on casey mize a quick comment if you're all in be going all in on bowman chrome autos or bowman chrome uh, usually tops flagship cards from pitchers do not sell very well. If you go and look at Clayton Kershaw or, um, Max Scherzer, two of the best pitchers in the league, you know, their prices are not spectacular. One sec. What we got going on? Hey, Scott. O. yeah. Put that back up, Nate. Oh, Hey, we ain't sleep. Oh, that's upside down. We ain't sleeping on hockey. Got some hockey breaks coming soon. I used to play hockey a lot as a kid. I was uh, as a hockey player until sixth grade, so I have plenty of – fifth grade, I have plenty of experience with that. I still play some pond hockey here and there. Dude, he, played, he played the bench. <laughs> Did not. Dude, I could – I don't even know if Nick can skate, so Nate, Nate should just probably uh, – Can confirm, have skated twice in my life. All right, so kind of can't skate. Can't stop. I can move forward. I can't stop. I use the wall. Uh, nice nice yeah when is it appropriate to consolidate into a higher end car do you take a strategy a certain strategy for selling your base psa 10s when they are high and waiting for the market to dip to buy their refractors or numbered car cards or do you just do it at once and hope for the best um if you're concerned about a hundred dollars or so I, you probably need to think about this more or less but if you're someone who is actually trying to consolidate into a higher end card like for the long term you just got to grab it when you feel it's right. I mean, we've seen, I've heard people's stories, you know, from the last six months, year, two years, and like, oh, if only I got the tops chrome that I offered on at the top, or I passed on the offer on of LeBron Refractor at $5,000. If only I bought it then. They knew they wanted it, they knew it would go up in value. It's just like, you're like, oh, well, it's $4,750 instead of $4,500. And right now they're worth $4,500, but someone offered to me for $4,750. If you're actually like a believer in that card long term, and are truly consolidating, just buy the card. Just do it. The market's so hot. It will be going forward. So many people are still gonna left to get into it. Um, social media is playing a huge role. I was talking to Nate that I think that the the hottest time, the most Googled time, the most searched time in the next eight months for the card market is going to be right around the national. I think people are who are going to be Jumping in like I've never seen before into the card market with the national coming up. And if, you know, vaccines have been rolled out and it's going to be like a full go for the national, it's going to be like a huge like catapult into the next wave of cards, you know, or like a really the, the big first hurrah that's get bringing everyone together. And it's going to be nuts. 
Hey, speaking of the national, um, if you're in the comments, drop a comment if you're going to be at the national. I kind of, I'm kind of curious. It is, it is a great time. It's it an amazing time. time. You, if you have never been there, you are going to walk in and be like, "What is going on here? It's massive. It's massive. There's so much cool stuff. It's really, really fun. So please drop a comment if you're going, and if you're not going, drop a co comment why, and then I'm going to convince you otherwise." It is it is the single best week of that a sports card collector investor enthusiast can have ever. It's Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> Zach. Premier soccer investing. It'll yeah. be my first time. Hey, oh. I can't wait to meet Zach there for sure. Um it's, it's so, so will we so will we, Brandon. We'll be driving down from Milwaukee too. Yep, and everyone should be who is in the Midwest area. And if you can find flights for cheap right now, do it. Um, let's let's figure it out. Let's get you there, Kevin Sawyer. Ke Kevin, there. Kevin, bring her along. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, I've seen, you know, moms go with their kids, wives go with their husbands, and it's a fun time. It's a great place to be, and there's hopefully stuff to do in Chicago too, other than the show. If you need to do that, uh, <laughs> well, right. I mean, I'll just be doing cards the entire week. Dave's Dave's cards. Sam is not lying. That is a week before my wedding, and he will be there. Sam is not lying. That's the first time that Sam will be networking with others in sports cards. It's gonna be awesome. All right. First, thank you all for all you do for the hobby and answering our questions each week is much appreciated. Of course, Drake's PC, appreciate that comment a lot. When looking to invest in rookie year cards, is it best to stick to true rookies or rookie year inserts a good investment as well? For example, Kobe has a 1996 EX2000 base rookie, but he also has the start date insert. Is one preferred for both long and short term over the other? So I'm not an expert in 90s basketball cards. Um, I'm really not an expert, you know, in, in much. Like I said in my Instagram posts, other than just working hard and and always doing this with Nate and everything. But uh, what I do know is that that start date insert, star date insert PSA 10 rookie from 96 EX. I was gonna buy it for $600. In March, I did not. The card went up to over $5,000. So, yes, the 90s inserts sell very well, especially if it's a rookie. Um, I you know, I know that the EX2000 base rookie PSA 10, the, the rare one, is a crazy card, sells crazy well. Just any of those bigger brands from the 90s, PSA 10 rookie insert, whatever it is. I mean, I have some – I have a net, net assets of uh, Ray Allen. I have the star date of Ray Allen for my Bucks collection. Uh, that's an awesome card too. I think that Sam might have the the star date one too, but uh, yeah, I'd say jumping on those inserts if it's a Kobe or Allen Iverson or whoever it might be, I would not be concerned if that's what you can afford. That's a great way to go. Uh, did I hear Nate's bachelor party will be taking place at the national? Um, if anybody wants to buy me um some Frank Mason cards or some Devonte Graham cards or some Thomas Robbins cards as a as a bachelor party gift, you know I'm open to it. Or a beer, I'll take a beer too. Or you spend your money on sports cards and supporting slab stocks. <laughs> right, Nate's got me to get him uh, to give him a new Graham card. <laughs> Just true. kidding. I mean, to rain on Nate's parade. <laughs> It'll be pretty easy to get a new Graham card with how uh, terrible he's been playing. Oh, yeah, Nate. By the way, I was going to ask you on this live stream, how long until uh, LaMelo Ball literally gives Devontae Graham like 10 minutes a game? Well, I don't think it's – well. I'm just, yeah, I'm just messing around. He will be starting for him pretty soon. Is it's 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 not been good. Every day I look, Devonte one for eight, one for eleven, 
one for 12, one for seven, three for nine. It's just like his top shooting percentage for like the last like two weeks is like a 33%. Hey, one thing to know about Nate is that Nate hates Kansas. He loves Texas. He loves Kansas State, but he hates Kansas Jayhawks. Texas. Kansas State especially. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Richmond, thanks for submitting this uh, picture with this question. I have this Steph Curry card that I'm not sure what to do with. It's from Downers 2014-15 as numbered 14 out of 85. Because it's short print from more than five years ago, I haven't been able to get a good idea of how much it's worth. Also because Steph is one of the most influential players in NBA history, which is a fact. I'm not sure if it's best to grade and hold on to long-term or just sell keep raw because it's a pr- it's, it isn't a prism selector optic. If you think that that card's going to get a PSA 10, I would grade it. I know it's not a primo set. Um, it is downrest, which is actually, it's a decent set, but it's not like, you know, like you said, Prism or Select from 2014. But I grade it. I mean, if that thing has a shot at PSA 10, even a 9 sometimes, or some of those numbered cards, they sell super well, even if it isn't one of those top brands. And maybe then I'd sell it and then look into a brand that might have more long-term growth because I don't think that anyone is probably going to look up in five years and type in 2014 production line Steph Curry, but they're for sure going to be typing in 2014 Select Silver Steph Curry or something of that nature. Um, that's what my recommendation would be. All right, last of the day from Global Sports Car Investor. I think he's in the chat. I saw him in here earlier, but uh, good day there, boys. Just a question about your selling strategy. How do you choose which cards to sell and when would you both typically choose your time to sell? This is all, we talk about this quite a bit, I think. It's all personally based. What's your financial situation? How much did you buy a card for? What's the time of the year? What season are you in? Are you trying to make another investment? Are you holding for long term? This is definitely not something that is a rule of thumb, I think, or should be a rule of thumb. I think that you can maybe be like, I have three buckets. I put short-term, mid-term, and long-term investments into a bucket. And then I say, okay, when these cards reach 50% ROI in my short-term bucket, I sell them, or 30% ROI. When my mid-tier cards hit 100% ROI, I sell them. My long-term, when they hit 300%, I sell. You can do things like that. Nate did a Slapstacks 101 video on... uh, selling strategies but if it were me i would try you know your best to really analyze when i buy this how much what's my plan based on the card because i think that if you do it bucket wise you might miss on opportunities that you didn't know you had yep uh quick i'm gonna bring this up number one to each their own you don't have to like the way uh i do it in fact i would be shocked if everyone likes the way i look at prospects but i would be I wonder how you would grade overall talent without looking at analytics, because that is how you can tell, oh, this guy hits the ball harder than so-and-so. Oh, this guy hits it to all fields. That should work well for this or that. If you're not looking at analytics and you're just saying, oh, this guy is talented, then you are going to fail 90% of the time because you're not using everything at your disposal. So you don't have to like everything Aaron talks about in soccer or I talk about in baseball or I talk about or Sam talks about in basketball. Well, I don't talk about soccer. I talk about cards. <laughs> but to completely ignore analytics is a little bit of a ridiculous statement. That's all I got to say. Oof. By you the naked go- eye. Who are you, <laughs> my dad? <laughs> you should go tell all the MLB scouts and prospect scouts that all they have to do is just watch, watch a player play and they'll figure it all out. <laughs> Uh, by the naked eye, Unieski Betancourt should have been the best shortstop in baseball because I watched him get all make all the all spectacular plays, but it's because he didn't have good range. So he made spectacular plays by diving, but uh, 
that doesn't actually mean he was good. It just means he had poor range and had to make mundane plays spectacular. But to the naked eye, that would have looked good. Um, so the naked eye is so, supposedly each each their own again. Supposedly, slap sack Sam is the law, and you must like everything that Sam talks about. <laughs> All right, Nate, you want to go back and forth? <laughs> I, 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 I am not going to go back and forth either. He's a troll, or he is going to fail miserably at getting uh, val- card value because this is like the guy. This is like the guy from the uh, thing that said all he looks at is pitcher wins and RBIs. <laughs> We're like, okay, dude, you are going to lose Nate. so much money in the card market. The ISO power, agent ISO power. <laughs> oh yeah, agent ISO power. That's what it was. Oh. Cool. <laughs> all right brenchy to end it off i'll answer this question quick i love brenchy's always in our, our our uh our breaks and watching them and everything i'm trying to get into soccer cards what's the most sought after product so it depends what you're talking about modern soccer cards to like 2014 until now it pretty much follows the same uh line as basketball prism optic select select starts in 2015 prism starts in 2014 uh, there's a Prism Euro set in 2016, but most of the Prism sets are either World Cup or Prism Premier League at the moment. Um, there's also a Chronicle set, which is a really good set. Topps Chrome Sapphire Champions League. Topps Chrome uh, Bundesliga with Erling Holland's cards are really good. Topps Chrome Sapphire, which just came out. It's a really soft product. And then you also have your Immaculates, your Impeccables, your National Treasures. Uh, if you're into basketball and you know the set's there, you can easily translate to soccer, um, apply the same logic. You just definitely need to do research with players and really understand what you're doing there. And uh, that's all I got. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for another YouTube live stream. Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern time is the time every Monday we go live. I really appreciate you joining. Uh, Be sure to check out the Google form in the description. That is how you submit questions for next week. Every week you submit questions through there and we will try to answer them. And then also, if you haven't yet, be sure to check out our breaks this week going live Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. Basketball Tuesday, soccer Wednesday, football Thursday, and basketball again on Friday. We will see you there. I appreciate you all you joining, watching. Nate, thanks so much for joining me today discussing cards oh, and prospects better. and whatever else. It's always a pleasure. It's always a fun <laughs> and whatever else. Yeah, we got a little bit of sidetracked there at the end. <laughs> yeah, we did a little bit. But, uh, uh, but uh, lastly, I would like to say, however you guys want to view sports, you do it. You know, if you want to use the eye test, if you want to use analytics, if you want to use a combination of both, you know, do it. It's uh, and see how it works. And, you know, some ways work. Some sometimes analytics works. Sometimes the eye test works. Sometimes your gut feel works. You know, sometimes you're like, ah, the analytics doesn't really back them up. But I just really like the guy. And you do it and it works out. I will say this. Uh, the one the last comment here was. I'm not a troll, which I do believe, but tell me who Mike Char or Tom Brady ranked high based on analytics. If you're investing every single time trying to find the next greatest of all time player, it probably won't work out to as you're expecting. That's how I think about right. that. Correct. All right. Show me the hockey box again, Scott. Oh, it's uh, over my right shoulder there. Upper Deck 2020 and OPG 2019. We'll have the break coming next week for you guys. But uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you all next week, Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube Live and on this live stream for the breaks this week. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.